hello everyone uh all our listeners out there uh thanks for uh tuning in uh you know this this podcast is all about you know having fun being nerdy and kind of being mindful but i feel uh me me and amelia feel like it was something we needed to address uh our heart goes out to the people of uvalde texas uh the you know this this just another mass shooting that's taking place that really i i just feel like there's something that we we could do and have a responsibility to do but you know it doesn't it just keeps happening over and over and over again the the thoughts and prayers the the arguments on social media and then the lack of of change and it it's it's heartbreaking and you know it's 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 messed my whole week up i've i've had to go back and attempt some of the mindfulness exercises that you hear right here on this podcast because it just it as a as a teacher myself um i'm a teacher my my wife is a teacher uh i i can't i just it's absolutely devastating to just it, it's getting to the point where you think to yourself, it's it's not a matter of if, but when, because nothing seems to change. And I think we also just want to acknowledge that even unfortunately with, within our country where we live, it's not even the only mass shooting within the past two weeks. And yeah, it's, it's a tough road. And, and also just want to acknowledge that we live in the United States and, and what happens here is really in the forefront of our mind. But also acknowledging that other people also outside of the United States have things going on that we might not be as aware of and just acknowledging those, those struggles that are happening too. Um, you know, Keaton actually asked if I could maybe provide some tips for folks uh, because there are a lot of people around us and including ourselves that are really struggling with everything going on and First off, please don't forget about checking out our website. There are resources if you're needing extra support. Once again, bat-therapy.com. So we really want to make sure that that people can reach out if they're needing something. And then one of the things I I saw that that I think can be helpful is the, the American Psychological Association. They had an article just posting some tips for... Um, things that we can do to try and manage the distress that we feel after the aftermath of, of a shooting. And some of the things that I would just really encourage people to keep in mind to take care of themselves is talk about it, get support, connect with people where you need to try and find some balance. It's really hard when there's just overwhelming negative information out there. So just trying to find balance in life where you can, things that help you to feel empowered, give you a healthy perspective, turning things off and taking a break, stepping away from the internet, the TV, the newspapers, the magazines. There is such a thing as overexposing ourselves to what's going on. Honoring your feelings and taking care of yourself, really just making sure that your basic needs are getting met, and also helping others or doing something productive. A lot of things can feel and are out of our control, but just taking control and and helping where we can. And, you know, just want to actually say to people who either recently lost friends or family, whether it's connected to this tragedy or another one, this might pull for a lot of grief or, or other things for you and just acknowledge that grief is a long process and it's a complicated thing and just being kind to yourself and and taking time for yourself when you need it. And just real briefly, before we get into our podcast for today, there are a lot of comments about how mass shootings are a mental health issue. And this is actually misinformation. And as a mental health provider, I just want to add to the voices out there that there are many, many reasons that people harm others. And just because we struggle to understand why a person does what they do, it does not make it a mental health diagnosis or condition. 
So this is actually a, a public health issue, not a mental health issue. And it is a disservice to people who have mental health symptoms and diagnoses to suggest that this purely falls under mental health. So just wanted to clarify that, but now let's get to our podcast for today. Welcome to Bat Therapy, exploring your favorite comic book characters through the lens of clinical psychology. Be a fly on the wall or a bat in the cave, listening in on a friendship built out of a love for talking Batman, comics, and the everyday struggle to achieve mental health and happiness. We're your hosts, clinical psychologist Dr. Amelia Brown and comic enthusiast and nerd aficionado Keaton Hopkins. This podcast is about providing education and understanding, and it's not a replacement for mental health treatment or support. If you're needing help, go to bat-therapy.com for resources. Okay, so today we are talking, well, I guess we're talking about a few different things, but this started off as a talking about Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. And just a, a warning to folks, we're definitely, we're just going to have to pull from WandaVision quite a bit, you know, obviously. Yes. And uh, for those of you that came for a DC podcast, don't fret. <laughs> this this is weird for me, too. So sad. Uh, this is weird for me, too, but but bear with me. We jump around. As yeah. I, I feel... I feel like nerds, we, we got to diversify. We, we got to hit all the areas. And so uh, today is strange therapy. <laughs> Enter strange. So what's interesting about this is I was going back and thinking, I, I'm glad I had a chance to sit down because I actually saw the movie quite, I, I saw the movie a few weeks ago, like the week it opened yeah. And I'm glad I had a chance to sit and think about it because one of the first things that really, really upset me was at the end of WandaVision, she seemingly gets over a pretty significant hump. Mm -hmm. She being Wanda. Wanda, yes. Yeah. Wanda, Wanda gets over a very significant hump. She releases the people of the city and just kind of leaves. And I was angry when they kind of reset all of that in mm. multiverse of madness uh which by the way spoilers <laughs> <laughs> if if you haven't seen Hope, this, hopefully, this movie yet hopefully the description made it pretty obvious that if you haven't seen it we're gonna be spoiling everything for you <laughs> but yeah it, it seems like they kind of reset that and she's right back to the not being over it and not dealing with the grief and all of that mm. and I thought about it and it actually makes sense because, oh. you know, normally I, I was upset because from a movie plot point, it was like, oh, let her move on. But in real life, grief has relapses. Mm -hmm. You you have good days yep, and you have bad days, mm -hmm. right? It's it's just like any any other thing that, that you, you would have to deal with. And so at the end of WandaVision, it's like, oh, yeah, she got over it. But then when we get to Multiverse of Madness, whether it's because of the Darkhold or not, right. she's not over it. And I think that's very, very reflective of how grief actually is, where yes. you have you, you have these moments where you're like, yes, I need to get past this. I'm going to go seize the day. Mm -hmm. And you also have days where you wake up and you're distraught and you're hurt and everything sucks. Absolutely. Now, I, I totally agree with you, Keaton, that it, it can be absolutely it can be frustrating because people do make progress and gains. And at the same time, things are not as linear and just A, B, C, D as we like to think. I, I am very sad, though, because that means our listeners are missing out on some wonderful rants <laughs> that came from Keaton after seeing this movie. So y'all are just going to have to to wait for something else to perturb him. <laughs> uh, the, I... But, yeah. But I'm... Yeah. Wanda's grief. Let's... Yeah. Because <laughs> if, if I go on a, a rant about how everything they told Wanda not to do was exactly what Doctor Strange did in this movie. Literally every single yeah. thing. You can't use the dark hole. 
Doctor Strange uses the dark hold. You can't dream walk. Doctor Strange dream walks. You can't just toy with the multiverse. Doctor Strange goes through different multiverses. Like it, it, it just seemed like this thing where anything you can do, I can do better, and you shouldn't do it at all. Mm-hmm. And it was annoying because even in the trailer, they alluded to the fact yeah. that Wanda did things and got judged for it, and then Strange did things and was a hero. Yeah. And I thought the whole point of the movie was them being like, wow, we need to address that. And then they just did it over and over again. <laughs> like, it, instead, it's like... See, see, see listen, uh, anyone who's listening, the, this is the beauty of a Keaton rant right here. You're, you're hearing it now. I don't know. I'm, and, and it's just, yeah. It's, Marvel, Marvel already angered me by killing off Black Widow. I'm like, come on. Let 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 our ladies shine. And I'm always I'm already I already get very annoyed anytime you have female protagonists in movies and TV shows, and the main subject area is either her boyfriend, her yep. husband, yep. or her children. I'm oh, like, yeah. can she just be a a hero and that not have anything to do with it? Oh, now, you're making my heart happy, Keaton. Now, with WandaVision, I guess it is a bit of a difference because, yes, she is mourning the loss of Vision and the loss of the children that she created. And so I halfway understand that that's a plot point. But, like, it just, one of the things that really bothered me was having her just go full villain. I mean, when we saw Wanda in... Uh, at the beginning of Civil War, she was completely distraught because she mistakenly killed people when she was trying to save them, right? And so she went from that to enslaving a city full of people to just in this movie, killing dozens of people. And she even, I mean, she she was struggling with... Okay, so in WandaVision, first there's this kind of... um, It happened accidentally... The distress, the the trauma, the grief, add into that her untrained chaos magic. And what happened is something unexpected and she didn't realize what was going on. At a certain point, she realized it, but she was kind of in this, this mode of denial or of, of trying to kind of force herself into denial because it it was just so relieving to have her connection back to Vision. And then that playing out, of course, into the family component too. But then finally gets to the point where she literally sacrifices all of that for the people. And then at the end, I mean, she isolates herself. Yeah. And... Yeah, it 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 was a, a little bit jarring. I, I think there were some jumps that they they did that weren't entirely effective in terms of helping you see that process happening for her. It does feel like she kind of jumps. It's almost like uh, it, it's almost like she's being transported from from one thing to the next, and you're not seeing it tied together very cleanly. Where in the show, you saw a lot more of those progressions happening. This, this felt a lot more disjointed. I, I totally agree with you. And I also agree with you that it is cool that it's not just this clean progression for her. And you know what? I think there's a little bit of villain in all of us when shit really hits the fan. And I mean, God, all the stuff that happens to this woman... And granted, some of it is is the magic kind of coming into play with her reactions to things. But... Man, there's just so much that she's trying to deal with. Right. And on top of that, she's she's more or less it's almost like she's being bullied by the the good guys more than anything. Cause let's let's backtrack Wanda's story here. Her parents got killed by a Stark Industries bomb mm. that went off. Her brother got killed by Ultron, who yeah. Stark invented, right? Oh, yeah. uh, then in Civil War, of course, that whole big thing happened where she was just trying to save someone. Here comes the government that you need to be put in check, right? 
Then comes Infinity War, where the man that or robot that she is in love with is killed, and basically she and and she has to kill him. She kills him, then it's right. undone, and then he's killed in front of her. Right. Yeah. So all of that happened. And so yeah, she's she's gone through a lot. She she's gone through a lot. Yeah. And I was actually so I I did a little digging in the comics and and sorry Marvel lovers out there. Keenan and I are not experts in this area. We apologize. We're doing our best. Right. But I was actually in particular looking at things from Avengers Disassembled and House of M that really tie the most into these storylines. Mm-hmm. And there are certain things that really line up quite a bit, like like the, the children um, that, that she creates and different things. Like There are a lot of similarities, but there are definite differences. Right. But part of the storyline over there is essentially them saying, wow, she was able to do all this stuff. We got to kill her. And they didn't do that in the movie storylines, but it sounds like you're picking up on kind of similar things where there's this just kind of subtle underpinning of Wanda not being like everybody else. Right, right. It's they they treat they they kind of treat her the way that they used to treat Bruce Banner. Right, mm. like, oh, watch out when he gets angry. Like, if he gets angry, somebody's got to be able to calm him down. Like, that's how they, that's how they treat her. Instead of, and and so it's almost like they they try to put her in a cage, more or less, in Civil War. Like, oh, stay here on the compound. It's better for you that way. Everyone else can freely leave and go as they please. But Wanda, you you should just you should just stay here. And no one tried to help her understand her powers. That's right. pretty obvious. Right. Because very basic information about where her powers come from, she finds out about when she goes too far, and then a witch comes by and goes, hey, did you know this is magic? Right. (laughs) So no one was even trying to really help her to understand and hone. They would just use her as this amazing weapon, where it's like, why haven't we been using her this whole time? And yet, yeah, kind of this loose cannon thing. And, and, and then what do we do when we, we get the reverberations in aftermath when she's not always able to control that? Yeah, and that's one thing that is different from the comic books. Because, of course, in the comics, it's, it, it's, it's not all magic. She is a, she's also a mutant. She's the daughter of Magneto. It depends. Her oh. story? Okay. Oh, really? So so this is my clinical term. In my opinion, her story sucks. Okay. <laughs> because, at least from what I can gather, they kept changing who her parents were, who they weren't. And, oh, you, here are your parents. No, they're not. Oh, hey, Magneto's your, your dad. No, he's not. And, really? And so, yeah. So who who the heck knows what what is the actual story? It, it's very hard to to kind of track. And she's not the only character that's like this. And DC does it too. I'm not saying it's a Marvel problem. Uh, but I, yeah, it, it makes it actually kind of hard. And once again, makes sense that she's chaotic in that even is it a mutant thing? Is it a magic thing? Where does power come or not come from? What are her genetics? All this stuff seems to like be ever changing. Yeah, and so... My, one of my questions, first off, is because we know that she's dealing with the grief, but also the the Darkhold, the the Book of the Damned that yeah. that she's reading and studying, apparently also is having a psychological effect on her mm. as well, and so it brings into question this whole thing: what was her? And yeah. what was the book? And, and the first thing that popped out in my head about it, it made me think about addiction, hmm. right? Like when people are uh, addicted to a heavy drug and they do stuff because they're addicted, that's completely off from the person yeah. that they that they actually are, right? It's like, oh my God, they, they stole this item or they, they punched this person or they did this in a fit of rage and it's, but it's not just them doing yeah. this, even though that's all from the outside that you see. Yeah. 
so one of the things that that can ha- so if we, we if we think about something like dark hold, which I hadn't considered this, but I, I do think you can relate it with dark hold. Similar to when we're looking at substance use addiction, it doesn't start with right all of a sudden. Okay, I'm I'm all in, and this is all I can think about. Oftentimes, what happens is a person kind of touches on something a little bit. Okay, uh, she wanted to do something that makes a lot of sense. Hey, I just accidentally brainwashed a whole town of people and essentially tortured them for a matter of weeks or months or however long that was. I would like to learn more about myself so that I don't do that again. So oftentimes there's good intentions or at least not bad intentions. There's not the intention to get drawn and sucked into something like like that. And so she was trying to learn about these things and it sounds like she was pulled in a little bit and a little bit more and then a little bit more again and a little bit more from there where she started seeing these, I think for her it was seeing glimpses into the different multiverses and just seeing these things that pulled her in deeper and deeper. And with with substance use, you do tend to see kind of this tra- a transition happen as well. So oftentimes they'll kind of show this graph, which obviously I can't show to you guys, sorry. Um, <laughs> but they'll show this graph where essentially it shows how usually people start by using something because it feels good. <laughs> but then over time, that feeling of good it actually changes the brain because we're putting essentially the good the good juju into our brains. And so the oh. brain says, oh, I don't need to make as much of the good juju because it's coming, there's plenty of it coming in from somewhere else. So then the brain adapts. And then what happens is, oh gosh, now I feel terrible without this. And so now I, instead of taking something to feel really good, I'm taking it to try and not feel bad. Oh, and so that's where a lot of times this kind of addiction process can come from. And I could see that too with something like the dark hole. There, there are these, there are these like objects or uh, activities or things within comics and within some of these fictional realms that that do hint at some sort of addiction process. Where yeah, someone goes in and they're aiming for something good. Or, or it's not causing problems, but then over time, it's like they're drawn in bit by bit. And before you know it, they need it in order to have any semblance of, of balance or, or be able to put one foot in front of the other. And, and I, I think the, the need part that, that sits next to addiction is what fits so well. Because, I mean, Wanda's goal is to get her children back and yeah. in doing so, step one is to seemingly kill another child. Yeah. Like she's like, oh, I'm yeah, I'm gonna send all these demons or monsters or aliens or whatever to kill America Chavez so that I can get her powers and then get my kids back. Which that that was one thing, and maybe it was something I missed in the movie. But even in the comics, those two children that she has are created from magic right like she creates them with her so, her mind right how, how did they come about okay so uh, i have a term that i think you're gonna like okay pseudosiesis pseudosiesis uh-huh so pseudo p-s-e-u-d-o and then siesis c-y-e-s-i-s so a lot of times people might call this false pregnancy so there are people i had to read up a bit because honestly i i don't know much about this and i haven't personally come across it in my clinical work Mm -hmm. i have come across folks that have other um somatic experiences or health conditions the brain is very powerful and can actually impact what our body does and reacts so so i've come across certain things but not this specifically but but in reading up a little bit more about it so there are absolutely women who believe that they are pregnant and will have objective signs of pregnancy. Huh. So meaning they'll have breast tenderness, their abdomen will start becoming distended, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And it's simply from mentally 
believing that because so, it's, it's basically it, that it sounds like physical manifestation from something in something psychological yeah which actually happens all the time think about yeah. butterflies when you're anxious yes okay so yeah that is a physical manifestation that can come from say anxiety or fear about something right some sometimes we can literally become sick from stress or fear, et cetera. So this is actually a very normal process, but it, it is hard for us to comprehend sometimes how str- how strong our brains can be. And so from what I could find, th- so one of the tendencies tends to be a strong desire for pregnancy. Often there are difficulties uh, with or trauma related to trying to have a child or pregnancy that kind of come together. But there do, it seems like there's some research suggesting there's also some kind of like underlying biological genetic differences that might be there. And so, you know, there, there could be some physical components that, that, that are a part of this. Interestingly, it seems like with a lot of the technology we have nowadays that can very quickly help someone ascertain if they're pregnant or not, seems to have reduced a lot of this happening. But this does happen. And it's a very interesting concept to consider for Wanda, where it went the next step because of dark hold magic or no she didn't have dark hold yet so because of her chaos magic or whatever was going on it it took it to that next level okay now in the comics there's a little bit more explanation it, it's more than just her magic that that creates the children but it seems okay. like from wandavision in the movies that it's primarily from her her magic her chaos magic right and and so it's a very interesting combination of this desire this process that can actually happen for people and seeing it blended with this very marvel or or very comic book-esque magic component and it's interesting because like those kids exist in the Marvel universe. They're both in the uh, Young Avengers, right? Mm. They're they're and and so my first my first thought with all this when, with this movie, I'm like, why doesn't she just make the kids? Like, can she not do that? Is she not allowed to do that anymore? Like, I know the the biggest issue was holding the whole thing, the whole city hostage. But in this multiverse, these kids exist throughout all of these different multiverses i'm like can she just have her kids in this one and then my next question was is there not a multiverse where there's these kids need a mom so she said there wasn't and and so i'm an expert in psychology and not multiverses but that seems strange to me as well there it right. really there's not a single place where the kids are there but she's not there and she'd be like hey kids look I'm back. Right. Like multiverse. This sounds more like the dozen verse because <laughs> like it. Mm, right. They, they called the movie the multiverse of madness. And I think we saw three universes. One of them was bombed out and depleted. One of them had the Illuminati that got wiped out in like a minute and a half. And then there was like the earth 616 the main universe. And so they called it the multiverse of madness, but it was more like the traverse of yeah yeah so keaton was a little (laughs) anxious about doing this this podcast episode and and part of it i think is the okay you know you we aren't as read up on marvel and whatnot but i think part of it was you were afraid people would would take some of some of what what you you rant about as hatred toward marvel and i want to promise you all that keaton can rant just as good about some dc stuff that falls short let me tell you absolutely eventually we would do a batman v superman episode of this podcast and it'll it's gonna it's gonna be rough right i didn't i didn't it don't be mad at me i didn't so okay i did not hate it it definitely had its flaws same thing with uh, Wonder Woman 84. I wasn't crazy Ugh. about... Yes, I had issues oh, with that Oh, I have so many issues. That's where you'll, you'll get Amelia ranting on that one. Ooh, so many issues. Splendid. Now, that being said, I own every single MCU movie. <laughs> I enjoy the I enjoy the MCU. Uh, but yeah, comic book-wise, I am not a, a Marvel expert. I've re- I read the big stuff in Marvel, I re- I, I, but I don't... 
I'm not as nearly fine-tuned with Marvel as I am with DC. So yeah, I was nervous going, I was nervous going into it just because I I don't have a lot of information to pull from Mm. comics like I do with, with DC. Like with DC, I can, I'll hit the comics and the the movies and the TV shows, I can do all of that. But with (laughs) this, I was nervous because I'm literally just going from this movie stand alone but i mean it i i i do love the mzu so marvel yeah. fans out there keep keep listening i promise <laughs> i promise i'm not like a a marvel yeah. hater i'm, I'm not like and feel a, free to comment yeah. on our social media or our website or wherever <laughs> and correct us we love learning about comics just do it please do it nicely we're Absolutely. doing our best we promise kevin feige <laughs> if you're listening we'd love to have you on the podcast yes please join <laughs> correct us in all right. of our ways um so yeah so i i can't remember even where i stopped here but yeah so wanda's trying to like essentially kill america chavez so that she can get her kids back and now at this point dr strange's issue is Normally, he would have been like, oh, sorry, kid, you got to die so mm-hmm. that this doesn't happen because I can handle your power and you can't, which is a oh, theme Oh, here's another this... example where he's the one right? Doctor Strange who's not evil. It's a, it's a theme, and it's funny because in this movie, he isn't even the Sorcerer Supreme. Like, he isn't even the... <laughs> like, well, and it is ironic because, yeah, Wanda is treated fairly poorly and okay she she's not helping herself in this movie and everything but yeah i mean he's literally evil in all but or can't handle his power in all but this universe and yet he's definitely seems to be given a little bit more wiggle room than than she is also i'm i'm just going to say this i think it's very funny and that they have a lot of nerve to call wong or strange the sorcerer supreme in a world with Scarlet Witch. It is very clear that if anyone was the supreme sorcerer in this entire universe, it is her, right? How, however, <laughs> don't they like hint at sorcery and magic being different? Oh, like do they? slightly different somehow? Ugh, I don't know. I'd, this I always is when go the Marvel by. people are going to start just very ragey messaging us about things. But once again, we're, op- we're open to learning. But there might there might be a slight difference in those things and yeah you and i would have to read up a bit more i think to understand those better but yeah there's definitely a lot going on with all of that i mean yeah and i think i think marvel i think it's one of those things where marvel's like i mean if jk rowling can change the magic rules we can too right like it's (laughs) uh sure let's just it's magic so abracadabra right yeah yeah, whatever but yeah i just and and but yeah once again like i said like strange would have normally just been like i'm gonna kill this child but then something happens and it's like oh i'm not gonna kill her i'm gonna be the different strange and and then they go to a universe where they killed dr strange because he was so out of control which i thought was i thought was was very funny and then Wanda shows up and murders all of them like that. And that was, that was horrifying. Right. That's the thing. And that's the thing that's frustrating to me about all of this. Like I, I realized that the dark hold can kind of change people, but Wanda went from literally being a superhero to killing dozens and dozens of people without feeling at all. And killing them horrifically. Right. Right. It was brutal. Uh, Yeah. I, I, mm, it was, yeah, brutal. that the specific scene you're referring to, like, is still ingrained in my head. Like, ugh. which the Black Bolt scene? Yeah. Yes. Black Bolt is the one that got me in particular. I'm honestly surprised that they had that in the movie. I thought when that happened, they, I feel like they were playing on the line with an R rating with, with yeah. that scene. I was like, ooh, that guy's head just popped like that. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, that was terrible. That was <laughs> right. terrible. But yeah, yeah, I I totally agree with you. And and like you were saying, it it is nice to see more of a grief process that that makes sense. I mean, it is a little bit, yeah, there's just not enough given to her character playing out. It's kind of like they went for the surprise, look what's behind the scenes, but there wasn't enough to like suck you in and, and be like, okay, I'm along for this ride. 
but you know, earlier you you did say something that I I think is really important to highlight, which is her grief is definitely a part of all this going on, all of this loss she had. She she had, I mean, she lost her brother, then this guy, I robot, whatever, AI, uh, comes along, helps her through that grief. Then she has to kill him, and then he was brought back, and then is killed in front of her. So she killed him. I think she says like I killed him, and it didn't even matter. And and then she loses him, and then all of a sudden, through all of just the the horrific grief, she's able to manifest him back, and then create this vision of a, a <laughs> vision, uh, create this vision of, of of a family together with vision. And then has to give that up. So there's all these layers of grief. And there's actually a diagnosis now called persistent complex bereavement disorder, which is essentially people who are struggling more than your, your I don't want to say garden variety bereavement or, or grief, but essentially people who are struggling to be able to function in day-to-day at a level that that is more than than you you tend to see with with folks that have grief. And I think you really highlighted earlier something really helpful to keep in mind because I don't know how popular this is in other countries, but in the United States, people love talking about the five stages of grief. I feel like you read my mind because I was yeah. literally about to ask about that because like with yeah. seeing what Wanda was going through and constantly yeah I've, I've been brought up like the five stages of grief you see it in every single soap opera i'm pretty sure they <laughs> talked about it on riverdale it's it's as american as apple pie the five stages yeah of of grief okay so, so is that is that a thing i mean it's a thing as in someone created these five stages okay so so let's scarlet witch this. created <laughs> so Kubler Ross is the person who came up with the five stages of grief. There, oh gosh, denial, anger, bargaining, depression, acceptance. Right. And when it comes to these, st- so interestingly, this was not developed as a person's grief response to losing someone else. This was actually from her work observing in her work she helped people who were going through the the dying process and she was actually observing their processes of of grieving losing their life mm-hmm. going through like hospice care that sort of thing so that's where it came from and so there's actually not research at all to suggest this is a thing now it's helpful to be able to highlight different kinds of reactions and feelings and and things that people might go through but stages is is not a word we would want to use here because what do you think of when you hear okay there are five stages of something what do you expect you're supposed to do start with step one yeah in, okay, there are five stages. Okay, step stage one, stage two, stage three, da-da-da-da-da. But just like you were saying with Wanda, when you said when you stepped back from it, you went from this reactive thing, which, by the way, happens to people who have grief because they often will talk about how they'll be struggling and it seems like people aren't, e- aren't even thinking about the grief that they have anymore. Other people kind of move on and they're, they're, they're kind of bouncing in and out of all the grief stuff happening for them. So a, sa- a similar sort of thing can happen where it's like people are like, why are you acting this way? Or why can't you just move on? Or no, you shouldn't move on that way. And, and so you were talking about that stepping back and realizing, oh, it's not this staged process of no. grief. And so the five stages of grief, it's not bad to kind of talk about these different types of reactions people may have, but people may not have them all. People may have other kinds of reactions, and it's definitely not a step one, two, three sort of thing. And yeah, because yeah, that I think that was the main the main thing that I noticed is that the five stages of grief, I, I do believe that all of those can be parts, but it's certainly not linear. Right. Right. It's certainly not a a straight line, because I mean, when I've whenever I've gone through something, I've definitely experienced those stages out of order. Mm -hmm. Some of them I never even experienced. Yep. Some stuck around like and and so it's one of those things at the same time. Right. Like the five stages of grief implies that the depression will go away. 
right Mm. and and that doesn't that doesn't happen with some people right that doesn't happen with everybody and so it goes and it varies from person to person and from event to event right like i mean Mm -hmm. yeah some people like the five stages of grief is oh i lost the baseball game and i'll eventually get over this but that is not nearly on the same level as like losing a family member or Mm. a loved one like oh five stages of grief like yeah i struck out i can't believe i struck out i'm so mad that i struck out can we please replay this game? Mm-hmm. Well, and at the same time, striking out is going to hit some people much more harshly than it does others. Right. Also true. You yeah. win some, you lose some. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and here's another interesting thing about grief. And uh, it was really cool looking up these numbers, actually. So here's another cool thing that I think was done with Wanda. And I have no I Just like the pseudosciences, I don't know if these things were done on purpose or not, but they are very cool how they're kind of working along with some stuff in, in real life. So many people have some sort of... Uh, so sometimes they call it hallucination, but I bet a lot of people don't, don't actually refer to it that way. But essentially... People have experiences where they still feel the spirit of the person or they might hear that, hear the person that they, that who's died, hear their voice, uh, see them in, in some fashion, but have some sort of experiences where as if that person is still around. Mm-hmm. And, and actually I was looking at numbers and it depends on the culture and, and religion and, and beliefs uh, that a person comes from. But the percentage of people who tend to have at least some sort of experience like this, it looks like it ranges, depending on the culture, from 60 to like 80 or 90% of people. Wow, that's interesting. For, my first thought was the very last post credit scene of WandaVision when you see her using a dart hold and she can hear the children. Mm. Well, in and the even, distance. Yeah. I mean, even before then, though, she loses vision. She finds that they're ripping his body apart. They don't even let her bury him. All this stuff's going on. And then whew, all this stuff happens. Right. And part of me was wondering, when it comes to the creation of vision, is it almost her her bereavement process where one of us, without magical abilities or mutant abilities, depending on what you're going going by here. Uh, but one of us without those kinds of abilities, we might see the person, you know, uh, kind of walk across the room or we might hear their voice or feel as if they're in the room where she literally has vision appear right in front of her. Wow. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's rough. Yeah. That's rough and that's heavy. And, and it's one of those things that's, it delves away from the the subject matter a little bit, but it's something how sometimes you can't trust your own mind. Yeah. It's, it's something Mm -hmm. that that's really, that's it's, it's outlandish that what you might see or think Mm -hmm. might not be true and might not be real and could completely be fictional. And, and yes. in your in your head and and think of hold hold that sense of unease and discomfort that's so important so uh i am actually one of the things i'm very passionate about is actually approaching things like psychosis or seeing things hearing things other people don't see or hear and, and other kind of related experiences seeing those as as something we see through diversity equity and inclusion because we often say that's a mental health thing. I can't relate to that. Whoa. But just like you said, we all have these moments where we can't trust our minds. And it's a terrifying prospect. Right. And it happens for all of us. But honestly, I think part of it is because it's so terrifying and uncomfortable, we close ourselves off to those things where we can. And when there's someone who's not able to do that, it scares us to, to see that. Where it's kind of like the philosopher, what the philosophers are admitting this whole time. We can't truly say what reality is. Right. And wow, that's terrifying. Going back to Wanda, one of the things I wasn't really crazy about as as well was how 
they they kind of seemingly ended her her story because the dark hold that affected her so badly and dream walking that was so horrible dr strange dream walks into a corpse (laughs) and then he uses worse right way worse way worse well, not just worse, but gross. And it was, it was one of those things that was, I, I was having a, such a hard time taking it seriously when he's trying to have the serious talk with America Chavez, but it's a zombie. And Well, and like, did it, it seemed like the body decomposed rather quickly. I was did. wondering. I, honestly, though, I don't know much about how quickly bodies decompose, I guess, but it, it seemed very fast. It was very fast. And honestly, that was just Sam Raimi being like, look. I can do horror again, and I'm really excited to be here. I think that's what a lot of it was. It was like that. That body was like yeah. in the ground for what two days, yeah. right? Yeah. But um, but yeah, she seems she's like no one will ever go through what I went through, and she just kind of brings the building in down on top of her, even though like Strange just used the dark the dark hold. Granted, he didn't use it, I guess, as long. He didn't use it very long. So as, in ter- as if did. we look at this as like an addiction process, if it's taken away, if his, if his brain is getting hooked and is having changes happen and, and he's getting drawn in, then yeah, it'd be good to remove that before he gets pulled in any further. Right. And the, th- the thing is too, even at the end, like I guess he, gets a third eye and stuff like that that shows oh he might have some after effects of using the dark hold i guess it was just kind of frustrating to me that it did seem like everything that wanda did that was so wrong and so horrible he got away with he got he got away with it he got away with it and from her standpoint even she recognizes it and it's like screw you dude like you can't if anyone's not gonna tell me what to do it's (laughs) you right because we just saw him literally cast that spell and screw up the multiverse in the last they, spider-man and they, movie and that wasn't an issue in this movie either which i yeah i definitely agree that there were there were character development even plot points that that relate to that character development that didn't really seem to connect like like what are we supposed to take from other movies and tv versus what aren't we supposed to take i think was a bit confusing and and I think too one of the things that that you're hitting on with this as well is is Wanda yeah Wanda does get screwed quite a bit and she so she does end up just seeing what she's willing to go through and what she's willing to do which is actually going to be harmful to versions of her children that are out there in order to connect with them and so if once again if we relate relate this to addiction um, addiction can be I mean, it is incredibly difficult. It takes amazing amounts of strength for people to be able to work against what has shifted within their brain. And it it takes often over a year in order for a person's brain to get close to baseline again. This is just to give kind of a sense of how hard this is. So it often does take these these very big losses or or things like this for people whose addiction process really is quite severe and and so you know maybe they're trying to kind of hit from from that piece but it, it it is kind of these very sudden transitions for her that yeah I, I don't think fully honor her character and what might be happening within her this was not my favorite marvel movie because honestly what? i could not tell right yes well the thing the thing is i guess i just i wanted it to be more of a wanda movie and i was kind of just i once i found out what the premise was i was hoping it would be more of a wanda movie than anything else and i'm like oh it's uh dr strange whatever <laughs> you're 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 just you're not interesting you're the so whatever. I like Doctor Strange, but I believe they did better with him in the first movie. But they, I think they, they try, they, I think they thought they did better in the second movie because they were trying to do some things developing his character and how he forms relationships and, and giving you a sense of where kind of some of his, his tendencies tend to come from that made it hard for him uh, to be able to connect and relate 
But they were just these little tiny, just like Wanda, they were kind of these tiny snippets that was almost like, wait, what? Like kind of throwing in here, my multiverse counterpart, you'll know it's me because we have the same history of of losing a sibling and how it happened. I'm like, there's no guarantee that that same thing happened in both multiverses. And, and so they were trying, at the beginning, I think they did a better job, the beginning of the movie where they were, he was going to the wedding and having to really face the fact that he lost the love of his life because of how he's gone about things. So I, I think there's promising stuff about Doctor Strange, but unfortunately a lot of this movie didn't take advantage of what was there because it was busy kind of hopping multiverses and kind of doing this other stuff. And also, it was kind of like, it was almost like following this sequence that we've already seen in the Marvel movies. Like, how many times did were there issues caused because Tony Stark just thinks he knows more than everyone? <laughs> Doctor Strange seemingly does the same thing, whether we saw it in, like, when you're not supposed to use the Time Stone, and then he still uses it. Or you're not supposed to dreamwalk, and he still does it. And you're not supposed to cast that spell uh, in Spider-Man No Way Home, and he does it anyway because he's like, I'm smarter than you. Yeah. It is kind of white privilege kind of playing itself out <laughs> continuously through the movies. Even in like, we're going to we're gonna quote punish you, but it's, it's not really. Right. It's going right. to just keep happening. Yeah. Right. right. And, and it's like, you need to be put in check. It's like, no you really need to be put in check. Like, you're not the source of Supreme anymore. Yeah. Like, what? And, 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 you know, I said white privilege. Well, there are, there are a number of wonderful white characters as well. that I, 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 I would rather have that power. Like Hawkeye. Okay. Granted, he went, he went dark for a while too. When his whole family went away. Okay. But now you want to talk, you want to talk about privilege. Not only did he go dark, he just, Hawkeye killed people for five years straight and then just got to go back home and be a family man after that like well yeah he (laughs) so here's the thing no matter what culture you're in there are the, the rules differ but in general there tend to be rules about people who deserve things more or less than others and there are rules for what's acceptable murder versus not and right Think about it. So he was Wanda, killing bad guys. Wanda, let's take WandaVision. Wanda, before she even killed people, she was controlling people. And 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 I agree with you that that was taken worse than Hawkeye going and killing people, but he was killing leaders of gangs. Bad and guys. He was essentially killing people he believed should have fluttered away into dust rather than the innocent people. Now, am I saying that that makes it okay? No. Frank but Castle. I believe, yeah, he was, <laughs> yeah, he Frank Castled it, and people said, you know what? Everyone's back. Let's clean slate it. Be I'll real. allow it. I'll, yeah, I'll allow it. <laughs> fair. That is, yeah. yeah, that's fair. He was only killing bad people. He was only killing bad people. With, oh, with, his, people. with his arrows. Yeah, yeah. They had the many, advantage. Many he had arrows, they had guns, and they still <laughs> lost, so it's okay. They had it coming. Right. If they couldn't handle the arrows, that's their own fault. Right. You had a machine gun, <laughs> he had a bow and arrow. If you lost, it's because you were meant to lose. <laughs> so, from there, I think it's time for some mindfulness. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> so I know you and I need some mindfulness this week. Whew, it's been a stressful and just it's tough been, one. Yeah, it's been a tough. It's been a it's, tough week. It's been a week. So here's what I was thinking. So there is um, my or there are mindfulness exercises and meditation exercises that focus on body scans. So just kind of going up and or down your body, paying attention to different parts, and trying to relieve stress and tension. And some of these help you focus on different parts by, by having a specific visual. And usually it's like a golden orb or a, a light source that you just envision traveling up and down your body. So I thought we'd do a body scan with chaos magic and envision the chaos magic as the, the light moving along the body. So that's what we'll do. Just a heads up. 
for Keaton and or others, just be mindful when it comes to things like body scans. Um, sometimes if people have pain, particularly if they have chronic pain, they might notice that certain parts can feel more flared up depending on what kind of mindfulness you do. Mindfulness is actually great for chronic pain, but you know, it, it, sometimes you got to kind of adjust things for yourself. So just something to be mindful about. You can always pause or skip over certain areas. Okay, so as usual, I'd like us to just focus on finding a comfortable position, being relaxed, but also making sure you're, you're not slumped over or anything, you're, you're sitting up or lying down straight. And I would encourage closing your eyes just to help you be able to visualize what you're doing, uh, but you can also just soften your gaze, in, not looking at anything in particular. And begin by taking a few deep breaths in through the nose if you're able to and out through the mouth. Just try to relax the stomach and let, let it move freely with the breath. Begin to envision the scarlet glow of chaos magic floating just above you. As you breathe, Watch it slowly move down towards you and then settle under your feet. Imagine that it's about the size of a basketball. Imagine feeling a gentle warmth coming from the magical light that's at the bottoms of your feet. It is soft and comforting to you. Feel the warmth begin to move into your whole feet up to your ankles. The scarlet light has actually expanded and it's enveloping your feet. And as you breathe, feel into your feet. Let all the muscles, tendons, vessels, and bones relax. If you feel any place that has tension or discomfort, invite the light into that place in your feet and feel it pass. Now feel the light permeate its way up inside your legs. The scarlet light is embracing your legs to the level of your knees. And again, feel the light moving through the tissues in this part of your body, letting it soften you and release any tension. Then the light spirals over your upper legs to your hips. Your entire pelvis is now also bathing in the beautiful, comforting warmth of the scarlet magic. Breathe into your pelvis and breathe into your legs. Let the light find its way into all the tissues and bones and structures of this deep root of your body. And once again, Find any areas that need the comfort of the warm scarlet light and breathe in warm softness. Exhale tension and stress. The scarlet magic is expanding now to engulf your entire torso, your abdomen, chest, back, and organs. Your lungs feel the warmth. Your heart beats and brings with it healing light into your body. Take time to let go of stress. Feel your shoulders release. And notice the rhythm of your breathing. And notice it as comforting. Now the light is spiraling out and around your arms, down into your hands, and out your fingertips. It is sparkling as it relaxes them. Now you feel warmth in your throat and softness permeating into your face and around your head. The scarlet magic is surrounding your entire being and you feel so content and calm. Breathe in warm softness. Exhale tension and stress. In a moment, we will end our exercise. Take one last breath in feeling the light and warmth of the scarlet magic and exhaling any tension and stress. And when you're ready, open and refocus your eyes and come back into the room.
So how was uh, the chaos magic for you? That was nice. That was nice. I, I enjoyed that. I needed, uh, I needed the uh, breather, definitely. Yeah. I know you and I have talked about how, uh, and, and you might not think that I'm guilty of this too, because sometimes people think therapists aren't guilty of the same things as everyone else, but <laughs> we are. And I, and I think we both really appreciate having this kind of set time that we come together. And, and of course, there's the laughs and being able to connect with each other. And then right. there's also just the moment of mindfulness where we step back and just pause, which is really nice, too. Uh, yes, you are correct. I honestly don't think that therapists deal with anything because <laughs> they went to school to learn not to have problems. Oh yeah, that's exactly what it was. You're right, and I guess I I guess I failed in in that subject. <laughs> Going back to bat therapy, we know what it means to be a doctor. It means being a supervillain. Right, right. This is all a ploy to get into my brain, and I don't know. I don't know. I'm I'm here for it though. <laughs> <laughs> but I I uh, I hope that wherever Wanda is, that she is learning some mindfulness and i hope this is not the last that we have seen of her agreed thanks for nerding out with us i'm clinical psychologist dr amelia brown you can find me at crafting the mind on instagram facebook and twitter and i'm comic enthusiast and nerd aficionado keaton hopkins you can find me and my friends movie reviews and reaction videos at teamjvs.com or on youtube at teamjvs for more information on this and other topics, check out our website at bat-therapy.com. To keep current on episodes and other updates, subscribe to our Bat Therapy YouTube channel or follow us on social media. We'll see you next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. <laughs>